Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, happy to have you along. I am Sam Bushman. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for June 23rd in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our one of two. And our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to protect everything that we hold dear. We use the supreme law of the land, the Constitution, the rule of law for our purposes, ladies and gentlemen. The checks and balances, wonderful solutions, all at our fingertips, rejecting revolution, standing for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. And man, we got a barn burner broadcast today. A quick recap of yesterday's show is in order. Uh, we talked about Rand Paul's uh, quote, voter fraud happened. That's right. Rand Paul's senator says voter fraud happened. And the election was in many ways stolen. He's right about that. The problem is in America, you know, there are those of us, many, 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 who believe there was vote fraud. And the ways to prove it are a, a gazillion. But the mainstream Press and government deny, deny, deny. You know, they call us climate deniers or whatever deny. Now these are vote election fraud deniers, aren't they? All right. Anyway, there's a troubling prediction by an extreme congressman on the liberal side in New York. He's predicting, troubling prediction, if you will, civil war in the United States. If Republicans take control. Now, think about that. Uh, So now we can't even take control via elections. If we do, there's going to be a civil war. Will there be a civil war if Republicans take control of the House? I don't think so. Uh, But I think we might have a civil war if we can't get this election fraud scenario solved. Uh, If we can't get this climate change or this gun disarmament or COVID or some of these other things that are in your face, lockdown crazy. Anyway, there you have that. It's a serious issue. I don't want a civil war. I'm doing everything that I can to prevent one, folks. I'm the guy that stands for peaceful restoration. Remember that. But I'm telling you that things are getting crazy. We'll get into that next hour. We have Pete Sepp on first, second hour for the National Taxpayers Union, and we'll talk about what he's doing and everything. But then after that, we'll talk about this, uh, in my opinion, serious, serious issue with violence, all perpetrated by the left by the pro-death people, et cetera, et cetera. We'll talk about it. The narrative has been that the right's, you know, causing all that. That's a lie, and the proof is in the pudding. We'll talk about it, okay? But for now, um, we talked about the Giles County Sheriff's Department in Tennessee is warning the public against picking up folded dollar bills. If you see them on the ground, don't do it because of possible contamination of fentanyl and methamphetamine contamination. Don't pick up those bills, they say. Now, the World Health Organization officials are, well, they want to evaluate the international outbreak of the monkey virus. First of all, they want to see how bad it is and what their recommendations, all that. But they also, what they want to do is they want to rename it. You can't call it monkeypox. That's racist. Don't you know that's racist? Now, I don't understand how it's racist. I'd like somebody who is not a racist, like I am, to go ahead and explain that to me, you see. Uh, And why am I a racist? Because I'm just so ignorant, I don't know why that would be racist. See what I mean? 
Uh, but the problem is I don't understand how monkeypox could be racist. Um, could it be that somebody suggests that blacks are like monkeys? And is that the inference? I'm walking very delicately here. Let me be very, very clear on my position. We are all God's children. Male and female created them. And he created the monkeys and the apes and all that kind of stuff. But they're animals. They're not like humans. We're never told in the Bible that monkeys are the sons and daughters of Almighty God. But we, the people, are told that. Humans are told that. They didn't say not blacks or yes, black. God didn't divide us like that. So understand that apes and monkeys aren't people. And people, regardless of their ethnic origins, are all sons and daughters of God Almighty. Let's behave like it, and soon. Please, people, please. All right, Elon Musk said he's leaning towards voting for Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in 2024. And he predicted that a red wave is coming in 2022. Well, time will tell on that, that's for sure. All right, we talked about this whacked-out article written by, uh, in my opinion, this gentleman that is absolutely unfair. Chuck Tanner is his name, and he wrote it in absolutely, in my opinion, libel, slander, me. He says, CSPOA allied sheriff calls for electoral fraud task force. That's true. We're calling for a fraud on elections task force. That's true. Why do I say Chuck Tanner's lying? Because everything he inferences suggest that we're calling for a civil war, suggest that we're calling out the militia. It's an absolute lie. He says, Barry County, Michigan Sheriff Darleaf says militia may be necessary if redress of grievance not achieved. Now, that's half true. We did eventually say at some point, you know what, as America breaks down, and the American people have no ability to rein in out-of-control government at some point, that may be necessary. But the inference is that we called out the militia or that we're calling out violence or that we're going militant. That's an absolute lie. Chuck Tanner, shame on you, sir. You are part of the dishonest media. You're a sleazy reporter, and we challenge you to an on-air debate about your immoral, dishonest assertions. Shame on you, my friend. Why do I call you my friend and say shame on you? Because I'm not attacking you as a person, okay? I'm attacking your behavior. Let me give you a quick example. <clears throat> we were talking about what are we to do when there's no redress of grievance in America? What are we to do? And I said, we the people need to push to investigate vote fraud. And when Sheriff Leaf said, well, we can't afford it. We need funding. We don't know how we're going to do this. We just don't have the budgets for it. I said, this is where the sheriff's posses come in. Well, then there was comments about the militia, etc. But the bottom line is, then this Chuck guy says that I kind of queued it up and said, this is where the sheriff's posses come in, as if I was proposing a violence response. Look, folks, the sheriff's posses are support for the sheriff. They're not all armed to the teeth. They're not all guns. In fact, Joe Arpaio's sheriff's posse that looked into the now, in my virtual, in my view, proven uh, birth certificate forgery. That's what it is. It's not a birther discussion. It's a birth certificate forgery by Barack Obama. Okay. 
um, they had peaceful forensic investigators on the IT side and on the investigative side literally dig into this, and they all did it pretty much volunteer. And I was referring to that peaceful volunteer service that individuals can offer the sheriffs, and the sheriff's posse can be the mechanism that that occurs. Many sheriff, uh, sheriff's offices have um, these departments, or the, I don't know what you want to call them, these posses. And they're not all, they're used for search and rescue. They're used for investigations to decrease costs. They're volunteers, folks. And I was referring to that peaceful solution. But this guy whipped that up into a violent attempt frenzy, suggesting I was at the center of it. Shame on you, sir. Now, there's another lady in Colorado that wrote an article about me and about us as well. And man, was she nice and fair. The contrast is shocking. She uh, First off, this Chuck thug never called me at all to get my take or my opinion or anything. But this lady from Colorado, and I'll get into this story in the next couple of days. I don't think we have time today, but I will. I'm telling you, she did a stellar job. She may not have said everything that I agree with, but you know what? That's not the point. She has every right to her views, to her opinion. She has every right even to her slant on a story. What they don't have the right to do is make false statements or put things in situations where it takes things out of context and misrepresents and things. Well, this Chuck guy did that. Shame on him. But this lady, she did a stellar job. She called me. We discussed everything in detail. She listened. She learned. She clarified. She And then she sh- let me read my comments ahead of time. I didn't get to read the whole article. But she let me read my comments ahead of time. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> when, when I read my comments, I think she put them fairly. She did her very best to have quotes. I was able to clarify a couple of things. She updated it based on my clarifications. She published the article. I read the article. I was a little bit worried how it would come out. I'm just being honest because of the mainstream press. I was a little bit worried how it would come out. When I got done, I went, you know what? She was very fair. There's only a couple of things I disagree with. And I called her and talked to her about them. She was very willing to listen. She learned. We had a great, great, in my opinion, experience. Anyway, in the next couple of days, I'll give you her name and the whole story and the details. I I believe she was absolutely fair. And there's only a couple of slight things that she, uh, in my opinion, did. I don't believe it was intentional, though. I believe Chuck's attempt was a, a virtual assassination attempt. I mean, it was crazy town, beyond drive-by media stuff. Just a flat-out uh, take-out piece of tack was the goal by whacked-out Chuck, who never called me. But this lady, I don't believe for one second she had any bad intentions, any way to skew the story. I think she did her very best to get it right. I really do. And I commend her for it. So that just shows you the contrast. There's not everybody bad in the media. There's actually good people. They're one in a few. I get it. Uh, but you got to find them and commend them and work with them and talk to them. And we need to find common ground, people. We need to have civility. And me and this lady, we had absolute civility. She was very nice, very decent, very appropriate. And you know what? Her story, I believe, will be well received because it's well written, well thought out, fact checked, and everything else. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Quick pause. Brian Rust, Rust Quentin Gift, Kelly coming up for an Honest Money Report. We got some stuff going on today, baby. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. I am Sam Bushman on your favorite hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use talk show. (laughs) 
There has been no evidence of widespread voter fraud. The 2020 elections were one of the most corrupt in history. See the proof for yourself. We tracked 2,000 mules making multiple ballot drops. 2,000 mules, a shocking new movie from Dinesh D'Souza. One mule made 53 trips to 20 drop boxes. 2,000 mules. Join the special virtual premiere and Q&A on May 7th. Get your tickets now. Available only at 2000mules.com. 2000mules.com. Sponsored by Salem Media Group. Small Business Tech Guys is a team of experts ready to assist you with any service relating to growing your business. Our team specializes in information and technology, social media, general consulting, and HR. We thrive on assisting startup entrepreneurs with growing their businesses. If it's small business, it's our cup of tea. To schedule your free discovery call today, consider sbtechguys.com. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. sbtechguys.com. In Message 1, we said that Satan, the father of lies, John 8.44, gave the left evil, spiritual power, the more they used the lies. The political left today is the beast. Now, the Bible confirms that the dragon gave him, the beast, his power. Revelation 13.2 The extra evil spiritual power that comes from the beast by their lying is what accounts for the string of the leftist criminals in the government that have never yet been prosecuted. It also explains why American capitalists support communism in the 21st century. Note 1. That behavior of capitalists was predicted by Vladimir Lenin, a cell of the beast. Note 2. Henry Ford was a capitalist, and he would have never gone communist. The difference between Ford and the present day end-time capitalists is that Ford was born and educated in the Kingdom of Christ, 19th century America, the New Jerusalem, Revelation 21. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Liberty Roundtable live every Thursday with the Honest Money Report. That means Brian Russ, RussCreditGift.com. Welcome back, sir. Thank you much, Sam. We've got kind of a raspy voice, but uh, I'll break through it. <laughs> no worries, my friend. we got the uh, ultimate man on the radio with us, too, Kelly Finnegan. Welcome back, sir. Thank you very much. Let's go to the constitutional currency update. Where's gold sitting, Brian? Uh, eighteen thirty-two fifty. Eighteen thirty-two fifty. Okay, silver. Uh, twenty-one twenty-eight. Twenty-one twenty-eight. Not changed very much, is it? No, just sitting there. But that's you know, it's just nature of the beast. I mean, that's yeah, where they I manipulate the money. The plunge protection right. team, all active. You see the stock market going up right now, right? Right, right. Yeah, you see that bouncing that the valleys and the peaks. But I, you know, I ask people as they come into the shop, I say, okay, where are you going to put your money? Where, I mean, you tell me the better investment. You know, you want you get into stocks. You can buy Bitcoin. Where do you where are you putting your money? And I'm not saying. All, all is wrong. I'm just saying, where are you putting your money? None of them can tell me where they, you know, I know we don't know. We don't know. What we, oh, well, probably ought to be buying metal. That's my my opinion. But. All right. Crypto, as far as I can tell, taking a bloodbath, Kelly Finnegan. Oh, yeah. I mean, those things are just, it seems like one by one falling down and we're down to Ethereum and 
and uh, Bitcoin. I think Bitcoin will be the one that will stand tall, but it's not going to stand very tall. It might be laying down, but it will still be around. What do you think, Brian? I find that interesting. Crypto's taking an absolute beating right now, isn't it? Yeah, it's what seventy percent down this far, this uh, so far this year. Yeah, it's a pretty good hit. Yeah, I guess some crypto companies are getting rid of eighteen percent of their workforces and all kind of things. And ladies and gentlemen, this is what I mean: crypto's price plunge. These industries have unstable roots is what they're now uh, saying. Do you want to respond to that, Kelly? Unstable roots, isn't that an interesting term? Well, it is, and, and there's so many, they call them rug pulls. People create it just to get rich quick and then take everybody's money and run and then start something new, and, it, and people are lined up to do it. You know, it's it's, it's a casino, casino mentality that everybody has right now. They don't want to plug it out for the long term. They want to hurry and get rich quick. You know, it's like 20-year-olds that want to have a house like their mom and dad have. Now, they, in this New York Times article, compare, compare it as unstable. They say, you know, when you compare that to a centralized entity like a bank, it's unstable. Um, the problem that they have, ladies and gentlemen, is the banks, even though they're centrally controlled, they're just as unstable. Uh, you can go to one extreme or the other, the centralized bank plan or the wild, wild west of the cryptocurrency plan. Both of them, though, have the same problem, Brian. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it, you know, it's it's uh, that get quick rich, as, as Kelly said, about crypto. I mean, people got rich quick, some of those people. And so everybody wants to get on that bandwagon. And so you start to see all these pop-up um, companies or whatever that are printing their own Bitcoin and so on. And everybody wants to jump in and, and kind of make it. On the bank side, I mean, if... You know, basically the bank, it's your money, you're putting money in, but realistically the banks, you know, their their idea is to help the bank succeed. It's not to really take care of you. And so it's, in a sense, I guess if there's a default or some some, some major problems in the banking, they're going to suck that money uh, from all their investors, per se, and uh, first before they, oh, wait, here's all your money. Let, me, let us give you all that money. Yeah, it, it doesn't happen like that. Well, after real quick, after 2008 with Dodd Frank, there's no more. There's, there aren't going to be any more bail bailouts. It's going to be bail ins, which means yeah. anything you have in the bank is an unsecured asset of the banks, and you're the last one to get your money in. So they're so leveraged, they only have to keep 10 percent of what's deposited. The rest they loan right. out. That's how they make their money. Right. And people aren't borrowing money, or they won't lend it to them. And that is uh, the quintessential problem. And the reason that I say the banks and the cryptos have the same problem is, look, they're all fake. Okay, Just because you can force people to honor the dollar right now because of central bank and government mandates, uh, to some degree that makes it a little bit more stable maybe than crypto. But when you think that it's by force and it's still all fake, creating something from nothing, you realize they're all criminals. Some just seem to be, uh, I don't know what term you want to use, but they they appear to be the nice guy. Right, Brian? Yeah. I mean, you know, you hope, you, you're kind of hoping, your, your hope in, in, the, in the banking system is that, okay, it's going to take care of you, it's your money, you're, you know, you're making X amount and, and you hope to continue to make X amount and. 
and be able to pay your bills. For the honest person, that's that's what we hope, right? I mean, in, you know, <clears throat> but uh, unfortunately, it's the world we live in right now. It's it's uh, not so secure like that, and, and it, it really, I mean, you. I guess if we were to look back, I remember when the, the financial bubble burst. Number, well, what was it back in the? Oh, maybe it was the eighty. I can't eighties or maybe before, but what what was it? There were people jumping off hotel buildings because they they were just distraught money broke hadn't i mean they lost it all and so they had nowhere to go so they jumped off buildings which was is very sad and uh you know there's a better way to you know turn to god and try to work through it but uh yeah i mean are we headed for those crashes that it's going to just bankrupt people and not be able to <clears throat> i guess the government wants us to rely on them i guess basically is what they're pushing we'll stand in the line to get a piece of bread Kelly, I don't even know how to respond to some of this stuff because it's just so volatile, so easy to prove how bogus it is. Here's the next headline. Hackers stole millions in digital assets from popular cryptocurrency exchange, Crypto.com. The company announced on Thursday. Uh, this is a several weeks ago story. But you just look at this and you go, wait a minute, I thought nobody could steal it. I thought it was like a solid public blockchain, you know? Well, huh. and some Do of you want to respond, Kelly? Harder. Some of them are much harder to steal. But, but it, it's, you know, the big thing, the difference between a bank and the crypto is, you know, well, a bank, I have $250,000 of FDIC insurance there. Yeah, if the bank goes under, they just print up another $250,000 worth of cash or put it in your account. That's they can do that because they don't there's nothing backing it. So just like a bunch of post-it notes. That's not a problem, but with crypto, yeah, once it's gone, I mean, they can kind of track where it is, but it moves around so fast that yeah, you're out. But but people are believing in that stuff, you know? And and their thing is, well, these guys are much smarter than me. They know what's going on. I, I have no idea, but they're way smarter than me. Well, if you can't understand it, then you shouldn't be involved in it. That's what Warren well, Buffett and says. And I'll tell you something else. Somebody else might be super smart, and they might know the ins and outs. It reminds me of these gamblers. You know, some people are gamblers, and they're smart enough to count cards. They're smart enough. They're way smarter than me. They have photographic memories. They have this. They have that. They have the other. But let me tell you why I'm a little bit smarter than they are, because smarts isn't always of how, quote, intelligent you are sometimes smarts is the ability to temper your knowledge with with wisdom in other words the proper application of knowledge so when i know that the government's rigged the gambling game to where hey they're gonna win that's the government mandate that the gambling side the gaming you know casino side whatever you want to call it they win and if you ever have a way to win it's going to be temporary in nature or they're going to absolutely shut you down one way or another they're going to go after you for criminal activity. They're going to kick you out so you can't play anymore. But they will not lose except for, hey, you might find a, a way to beat the system temporarily, but you're not going to beat it permanently, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? So let me give you an example. Hackers stole millions of dollars in digital assets from popular cryptocurrency exchange, Crypto.com, the company announced. All right? Now, the next headline line says Binance. I don't know if you know, but Binance is another cryptocurrency. Binance, one of the largest and most popular crypto exchanges, was hacked in 2019 for $40 million. 
Okay, this happens all the time, Kelly. Oh yeah, Mount Mount God was one. That, I mean, there's just yeah, there's been so many, and people are line up and they'll they'll do it. You know, it's well they're improving it every day, and you know the Hunt brothers had it figured out with silver, and then they changed the rules on them. So you know they figured out the rules and how to get around it, and so yeah, these, and and these guys cannot be prosecuted because it's not regulated. Now I'll tell you a funny thing, just to consider. I don't know if you know, but they got a new cryptocurrency. This came out a, a couple of months ago. It's called Let's Go Brandon. And it rose 150% in its first trading week. What goes up must come down. <laughs> we'll ask Brian about this in seconds on your radio. Pursuing Liberty. Using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. First off, don't be afraid to fail. If you want something, you better go and get it. Nobody's going to knock at your door and just go and say, here you go, here's a briefcase of money, you're successful, eh, it ain't going to work. NFL legend Tony Siragusa has died at 55 years old. His former Baltimore Ravens teammate Jamal Lewis confirmed on Wednesday. It's a sad day to be a Raven, he said. A cause of death has not been released. Uvalde Schools Police Chief Pete Arredondo has been placed on administrative leave amid criticism of his response to the worst school shooting in Texas history. Chief Arredondo said he didn't think he was in charge that fateful day. Elon Musk said Tesla's new building facility in Germany and Texas are losing billions of dollars as the electric vehicle maker tries to ramp up production amid supply chain issues. We are USA Radio News. Mike Kappel here, serial entrepreneur with words from another happy payroll customer. Patriot Software has saved our business by allowing me to focus on other aspects of the business rather than spending so much time on multiple platforms to do the things entailed on running a business. I found Patriot by complete accident and I don't regret it. It is continuing to save our company, and I'm extremely excited to see what else it entails. Easy to learn, easy to use, small business software tailored just for you. Visit us at PatriotSoftware.com. Use promo code RADIO and get two months of payroll free. That's PatriotSoftware.com. With PatriotSoftware.com, accounting and payroll, keep your time and money. In a speech from the White House Wednesday, President Biden has asked Congress to suspend the federal gas tax for three months. Biden also claimed a gas tax holiday would have no significant impact on funding for highways. Today I'm calling on Congress to suspend the federal gas tax for the next 90 days through the busy summer season, busy travel season. A legal decision has been reached in New York regarding the man that intentionally ran people over in 2017. A man who used his car to run over pedestrians in Times Square has been cleared of responsibility because of mental illness. The verdict came Wednesday at the New York City trial of Richard Rojas. The jury affirmed an insanity defense claiming Rojas was so mentally ill he didn't know what he was doing during the 2017 attack. It injured 20 people and killed a young tourist. Another hearing is scheduled for Thursday. 
In the USA Radio News Midwest Bureau, I'm Katie Lewis. USA Radio News. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking to Kelly Finnegan and Brian Russ, RussCreditGift.com. We're talking about this Let's Go Brandon cryptocurrency, folks. A new cryptocurrency called Let's Go Brandon was in place just literally a few months ago, right? And it rose 150% in its first trading week. It was on fire. But now the headline says this. Let's Go Brandon cryptocurrency is now basically worthless. It gets worse. Let's go, Brandon Coin Creators. <clears throat> hit with a class action lawsuit. Oh. Yeah, that's kind of the problem, ladies and gentlemen. It's um not going too well. Now, the class action lawsuit basically alleges that the coin founders deliberately pushed the coin so they could artificially increase interest in the coin and sell their shares for a profit. Yeah. So there you have that. Um, Called Pump and Dump. Company accused of selling bogus Let's Go. Brandon Crypto. Wait a minute. How do you get bogus crypto? I thought it was all on the blockchain, man. <laughs> hey, I, I can't figure it out. You know, I don't know enough about IT. Can you help me, Kelly? I, I think we need to start a Let's Fall Brandon coin. <laughs> but it's, it's easy to do it. I mean, that's the problem with this. They started out. They 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 pump it before they even release it, and then people hurry and buy in, and it's like, well, you didn't you didn't sell soon enough. You know, it was within five minutes. It's over, and uh, you didn't sell quick enough. And they made their millions, and they're out of there. So, yeah, and it's not regulated. So, nope, easy to do, and and they're not all blockchain. That's the deal with it. You know, really, only Bitcoin's the blockchain. Yeah, they're saying the crypto coin turns into a complete dumpster fire, Brian. Yeah, what was it? Ninety nine point five percent drop, decline. Wow, that's kind of. But it, as Kelly, you know, kind of said, get rich quick. And as you said, I mean, you these people that walk into those casinos, I mean, they they're they're not building these casinos to lose money. So as long as there are people, <laughs> but hey, people are. Walking in there saying, hey, if I pull the right slot, I'm walking out with $1,000. Okay. Yeah, but other people go in there and say, I'm so smart. I can count cards. I can do this. I can guaranteed win. And they're right factually. pay those power bills. (laughs) They're right factually. They can win the game, um, honestly, with their knowledge, with their brilliance. with their, But they're still going to lose. Right. The fact is they're going to lose. They're going to get kicked out by force. They're going to possibly be trumped up on charges. I'm, I'm just telling you, it will not go well. You want to know why? Because it's rigged. Right. And that's the whole reality with Bitcoin and all these other cryptocurrencies. It's rigged. And that's the problem right. with the fiat money of your government, Federal Reserve. It's rigged. Yeah. The only thing that's not rigged is constitutional you- currency. <clears throat> Unless you deal with paper, then it's rigged. But if you deal with a hard asset, it's the only thing really not rigged. And how Brian, many then people blocked it? How many people flock to Vegas and they're still piling into those casinos? It's an experience, see. But I could win. I might be able to win. So <laughs> I don't know. And not only that, I'll get a free stake if I win. They forget how much <laughs> money they put down in the losing times, too. So that free stake is pretty free. I can get one for half price. Here's the deal. You give me 100 bucks, I'll give you back 50 every time you do it. Every single time you, you give me 100 bucks, I'll give you back 50 I promise. 
There you go. That's it. <laughs> Kelly? That's, well, I was I was just at a coin show and saw a $20 gold certificate that was $500. You think, wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, but if I had the $20 gold piece I could have exchanged that for, it's over $1,900. Right. So even though that said it was guaranteed in gold, they you know that was changed by Roosevelt, and it still lost value. It still has some collector value. But you came out behind by about four to one. Yeah. It all depends on how you define guaranteed, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> there, you, there you go. Yeah, I get all these silver certificate dollars in that people bring in, and oh, these are old. These are old. Well, old doesn't always mean value. And so, you know, in, in the seventies, when you could have exchanged those, yeah, you probably should have, or or your parents or whoever had it before they handed it down. But yeah, just. The, the the papers we we see continually continually and continually that fiat doesn't work, you know. Eventually, it there's a collapse. So, hey man, if you frame it, the frame will be more worth more than what you frame. Yeah, yeah. I've seen some of that. People bring them in in frames, and that frame's worth more than that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I know that's a sad commentary, folks. I'm just pointing out reality, and we don't mean to mock this, by the way. I know we laugh about it because it's just so nonsensical you know when you hear what they have to say when and, and what's funny about it is even when i bring up my logic even when i bring up the intelligence even when i bring up time-tested truisms is what i would call them okay people still go sam you just don't understand the blockchain do you you just don't you just don't understand the crypto if you understood technical digital things sam then you'd get it kelly what do you say to that because i'm an it guy well, for a living i, I completely I understand that. I don't understand how beanie babies were made either, but I don't make fun of people who are investing in those, you know, and, and they had a limited number too, but you know what? They didn't last. I, I, I knew a guy that cleaned out his 401k and bought beanie babies. He thought he was going to wow. get rich on beanie babies. And there's people doing the same thing with these cryptos, you know, and, and it's very sad, but there's always something somebody has. And if you, if you keep doing it, then you're, you know, you know, that's the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Hey, ain't there whiskey, women, and gold if I go, Brian? Yeah, well, you know, the hard asset. You can, once you can plant your teeth into that gold piece, then you got the real thing. When you break that tooth off because you're leaving that indent in that gold, you got the real thing. That has some value. The- the other thing I, I want to point out, though, is even gold, though, ladies and gentlemen, even though when it's a hard asset, it does retain its value and all that kind of stuff. Listen, I, I'm telling you, when you deal with honest money, I would call it God's currency. You know, when you're doing what's right, keeping his commandments, you can you can prosper. But when you don't keep the commandments of God, even gold becomes slippery. You can't keep your hands on it. You can't. Okay, so we need to understand that real honest money is tied to the laws of Almighty God. And so what they're trying to do, in my view, even with some people realize this, some people don't really realize it, but it doesn't change the fact that it's true. When you turn your back on God's honest money and the tie to need to keep the commandments to retain that wealth and to continue prospering, um, you now have a different God. Fake money is a God in and of itself, which says I can create something out of nothing and I can become rich, wealthy, have the things of the world on fiat, on dishonesty. You'll never have a solid foundation 
that way, Kelly? Yeah, I mean, you always say, oh, money is evil. No, the love of money is evil. If, if you just love money for having the money, but it's just a tool. And and gold and silver are money, as J.P. Morgan said, gold is money, everything else is credit. Somebody else owes somebody something to make that worth something. But if you have gold, that's money. And it's the difference between an asset-based system and a debt-based system, Brian. No, that's exactly right. Uh, <clears throat> you know, it's well, yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, it, it's just it's a stroke of a pen, basically, um, creating money out of thin air, and and uh, we're a hard asset. If I need to go down and get some gas or something, I can barter, I can trade, I can, you know, and so on. You you brought up the fact of of uh, <clears throat> you know turning away from God. Well, I mean, realistically, you look at all these things that we put before God. And if he was, if the Savior came and he was walking down the street here, you know, and it's a matter of me, oh, wait, I got to grab my cell phone. I got to do this, my car, all that, before I go and, 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 and uh, worship the, the Savior and, and interact with him. I mean, there's so many things we put before him, and, and that's, that's why we're, we're seeing the, the degrade of, of uh, our country, our lives, our, you know, because we've turned away from God. You know, yeah, because really, I got to get my cell phone so me and Jesus can take a selfie, man. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> you know, it's 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 just crazy, and 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 now we wonder why we're we're kind of, you know, just tossed to and fro by whatever anybody really wants to. Evil men are going to do evil things, and if we're tossed to and fro and and are caught up and and follow those evil acts and things, and realistically, you know, I'm not saying a cell phone's evil, but but if it's – we can't – I mean, you look. These people can't put their cell phone down in the car. They can't put – you know, we, we've created these images and these things that, that, that uh, you, know, you know, complex our lives and, and all these things that we're doing, and we've turned away from the things that matter most. There you have it, Kelly. It's kind of hard to respond to this because when we talk about an honest money update, really what we're talking about is honesty through our society at large. And if we have dishonest money, everything else downstream can be dishonest. But if all of our core interactions, our exchange, value for value is disrupted, you know, what do we have left when it comes to honesty? When we come back, we'll talk to Kelly about that a little bit. Then I got an interesting story about cash to bring up to Brian and Kelly. We're talking about honest money. And we're talking to Brian Rust and Kelly Finnegan. We're talking about RustCoinandGift.com on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. Take possession of your God-given, constitutionally ordained medal. Will you please? As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. 
To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. As you are aware, America is divided over every fault line possible. This is intentionally fostered by those who do not love God, family, or country. We believe a peaceful future as a free people absolutely depends on civility. Clarion Call for Civility is looking for funding and volunteers at every level to make our hopes and efforts a reality. Please donate, sign our pledge, and help us in our sacred cause. Please visit callforcivility.com for more details. Callforcivility.com. Calling all patriots, come meet a modern-day hero, Tom Jones, on day 68 of his 76 marathons in 76 days on behalf of the American Village West. We'll be at the Liberty Hall in Far West, Utah, on Friday evening, June 24th at 5 p.m. There will be free food and drinks. Who is Tom Jones? Loving Liberty's Sam Bushman interviewed him on day one in Alabama just moments before he began his first marathon. Get to know Tom at unitedwepledge.org. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Brian Rust, Kelly Finnegan, RustCoinandGift.com. We're talking about your Honest Money Report. By the way, speaking of Tom Jones, he's running 76 marathons in 76 days, ladies and gentlemen. We went to Alabama, Montevallo, broadcasted live, kicked it off with a shot heard around the world, and Tom started running. He's been running every single day since, ladies and gentlemen. And he's going to arrive in Hurricane, Utah on the 2nd of July Saturday morning will be there as well, celebrating the, they're calling it Liberty Village now, I think, but it's the uh, American Village of the West being built in Hurtman, Utah, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, they're basically um, doing the groundbreaking on July the 2nd when Tom comes into town. Anyway, Tom Jones will be at Liberty Hall in far west Utah coming up this Friday, 5 p.m. Well, let me see here. Yeah, this Friday, 5 p.m., so what is that, tomorrow? 5 p.m.? I'm going to be there. Tom's going to be there. And Dennis Levitt, one of the organizers of UnitedWePledge.org, will be there as well. Tom and Dennis will speak. I'll MC the event. It's going to be great. We're going to have food, festivities, and fun for everyone, 5 p.m. We hope to see you there. Now, uh, Kelly, right before the pause, I kind of had indicated, look, this is not just honesty and money. This is honesty through our society at large, sir. Yeah, I was, you know, this coin show, every coin show I go to, you know, somebody's there and, and I, there was one dealer talking to somebody he's never done business with and the guy pulled out a credit card and he said, I, I can't take your credit card, but I'll take a check from you. Okay. He doesn't even know the guy, but he can talk to another dealer. Do you know this guy? Yeah. Would you take a check from him? Yes. Okay. Your check's good. So because there's that trust that's built up. And so that's what we have. We'll have our network of people that we know. Brian, Brian, I'm sure he's taking checks from me and he doesn't even bat an eye or look for anything, you know, because he knows I'm not going to bounce a check to him. And uh, I usually, so, so I usually that. ask another dealer before I take Kelly's check, but no, I'm just, yeah. Yeah. So it takes a while. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he calls the bank and no, but it's, but it is that way where we're, we, we have trust in people. And, and that's what is there, and, and uh, you get to know people and you know what their character is. And, and that's one of the most important things that we can have. And that's, what, that's, that's part of what makes it honest money. The, the, 
the currency is a bunch of crap, but the person's honest with it, and and will you know there's a, a willingness to take, but we both accept as payment. Well, and Kelly highlights a very important principle that you know deals used to be done on a handshake, and nowadays it's like, why well, we got to get the attorneys in there to dot the i's and cross the t's before we can do anything. Um, honest money begat honest people for the most part. Dishonest money already. Um, smacks of mistrust right from the get-go, Brian. Yeah, you're you're right. I, you know, you need to make a point too. They're not all all coin people are the same. So we we need to kind of. Uh, there's a lot of people that come into my store, and I've got a client right now who spent three hundred grand, and if he gets a hundred thousand back, I'll be shocked. But you know, it's just sad that sometimes you know it, it happens, and and. Uh, and hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me let me stop you just to clarify. So you're saying he came into your shop after he made some bad deals with others, and now you're giving yeah. him the truth factor on it, and it's not pretty. Right. And I've I've known him for a long time, and I just said, gosh, you know, I'm just gonna I'll call him Bill. But Bill, you know what? I mean, bring me some of this stuff. Let me know. I mean, you you come to me now. You spent X amount. You're looking at this, your investments, and so on. But they're not, you know, they're not here. And I could show you. I will walk down the path just so we know. And so you kind of. You try to help them, and it's a it's a sad situation. But it, you know, a lot of the I call them promotional kind of t- companies. They'll get on QVC or they'll get on the TV or they'll, someone will call them on the phone because they got a you know their name. They bought a, a series of people's names so they could call you and try to sell you something. Well, they get they get. I've got a that. limited edition gold piece. There's only fifty six yeah. left. If you get yours today, you're going to be on the yeah. ground floor, Brian. That's exactly right. Just and like so they what? get caught in that. <laughs> but it's sad. And so, yeah, yeah I mean, you got to do your homework. You know, you and, and you also got to remember, too, if you go to somebody like Brian and they undercut Brian by a nickel or a dime or whatever they do, you know, you think, oh, I'm getting a better deal. You may or you may not be, though. What you need is an honest person. Brian doesn't need to get rich. What Brian wants to do is make an honest day's wage. What Brian wants to do is prosper his company so he can do you better next time. The more buying power he gets, the better it gets, et cetera. Uh, But what I want to clearly let people understand, look, you don't always want the cheapest guy on the block. What you want is somebody you can trust, Brian. Well, and nobody – I'm going to jump in real quick. And when you go to sell it, who are you going to sell it to? The guy that you don't know? Or are you going to end up bringing it to Brian? So you're going to do a better job taking it back to where you bought it. Brian? Yeah, and a lot of times you can't take it back because, of the, you know, um, whoever, Jonathan or whoever at this company, he doesn't work here anymore. We had to let him go because he wasn't doing, okay, well, that's how convenient type thing. But, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, it's just – it's not about even – even buying it for me. I don't care if they buy it for me or not. Uh, you know, homework. I'd love to educate them. Come in. Let's talk. Look at a bunch of stuff. See it. I mean, you don't have to buy for me. I'm not I'm not going to be mad at you if you don't. Uh, so it, it's a learning process. But we want, you know, you need to understand kind of the principles and how it works and, and uh, why you should be buying, you know, having some of these hard assets in there and so on. And, yep. There you have it. And you say, Sam, I don't live in Utah. I can't come in. I know. But you can also call Brian as a consultant, though, and stuff like that. You know, there's ways to, to help Brian and do, do good <clears throat> and to donate to this radio show. Donate to Brian even if he consults for you and gives you good guidance. He can ship coin or ship metals to you. He can also provide guidance and a whole lot more. This story's interesting. I want to get to it before the end of the hour. It's from USA Today, of all places. And here's what it says. Hard cash might be getting colder, Brian. And then it says... Does the use of cash have an expiration date? 
<laughs> and they go on Smart and tell cash. you how cash is kind of going away, buddy. No, why would that happen? Because they can't control you if you have cash. You could just spend and do, they can't track everything you do that way, Brian. Well, that's kind of true, but man, they're kind of, you know, I guess, but can't they just print more? Yeah. Well, only they can. You can't. You'll go to jail, right. buddy. Right. They can print as much as they need to, though. That's how they keep their thumb on top of you. Yeah, that's It's like true. the Rolling Stones thong under my thumb, Kelly. Well, <laughs> see, if they make that central bank digital currency, then it can have an expiration date. They can say, hey, we're giving you, you know, $1,000 a month, but if you don't spend it within three months, we're going to take 10% of that away from you. Make or you sure just you lose it all together. Yeah, or lose it all together over the years. So it makes that that helps to stimulate the economy. See, they don't want you yeah, saving. Digital money controlled by your government's an awesome idea, Brian. Well, hey, I'll tell you how they're <laughs> stimulating the economy right now. They're giving us an eighteen cent they're gonna give us eighteen cent gas tax back. I'm pretty excited about that. No, they're not yeah, doing the line. Some other way. That's the problem. They say it's pure folly. It's not going to do any good. It doesn't make a difference. It's just a, it's oh, just a gimmick, darn it. Brian. It's I a gimmick, it, Brian. I was so excited. I, oh. oh, I'm heartbroken. Yeah, holiday gas tax. Now they're saying would do it, but it's a gimmick and it won't make much difference. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Biden, man, I thought he had a plan. <laughs> Think about that. It's a gimmick. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> There's a lot of gimmicks that's coming out of that office. <laughs> so what do you think? It's a gimmick, but here's what I don't understand. I mean, what is it, 18 cents on the govern on the federal level? And how much on the state level? 10 cents? No, You're the talking about way more than the Fed. I think you okay, talked more than the Fed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. So here's the deal. Uh, I guess they say don't expect much from gimmick gas tax holiday. Now, here's my question. If they save me at the state level, say, 40 cents, whatever the number be, and at the federal level, the general level, like 18 cents, and they save me 60 cents on the gallon, how is that a gimmick? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I like the gas tax, and I'm not defending it, but what I'm saying is how do they say putting 60 cents, if you take government, local, and state, and federal, whatever taxes, how can you say saving me 60 cents a gallon is a gimmick? If they wrote me a check and gave me 60 cents equivalent to the gallon, they wouldn't call it a gimmick. They'd call it a stimulus, Brian. <laughs> there you go. So we need to switch that around. We need the stimulus. <laughs> yeah, good point. I don't know. It's, they will it, be getting that back some other way. They're going to tax oh, something yeah. else that up. So it'll be yeah, their food it's, tax. It's kind of like, like the gambling houses. They're not there <laughs> to give you a deal, Brian. There, They're not going to let you win. <laughs> Darn it. I thought I was going to win. I got some coupons for some free food. Yeah, the 18 cents is like the free drinks at the casino. It just loosens <laughs> you up to right. spend more. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, <laughs> we run around and talk about honest money. See, I, I look at this, ladies and gentlemen, and I say, you know what? I, I don't really know what needs to be done. 
uh, about this because the only way I can see a real grass is greener on the other side of the deal is if we let honest money, constitutional currency, gold and silver, compete on the open market with fiat currency, and the good money will drive out the bad. That's the only, in my opinion, solution return to sanity, Brian. Yeah, you're no doubt about it. You know, I, you know, it's just it's just interesting all these things that are happening, and and we just kind of we shake our head and how is this common sense and da da we keep going and going but you know the rich keep getting richer the elites the elitists i mean if you read you know go back in history and read the elitists take you to war and that's kind of when we you talked to i think earlier when we was mentioning the fact about civil war possibly coming about well that's what the elitists do they, they it doesn't affect any of them you know and that's the thing it's they they create this conflict between the the people you know and and we they try to you know, we divide. Where can we divide the people? You know, and then it's the gun things, and then it's the, you know, Roe versus Wade, and then it's this and that. I mean, there's so many things that kind of are pushed in front of our face, and they just want to divide us, you know, and divide this country. And they're kind of, you know, you look at what's happening, it's really kind of, and, and you go back in history, and you, you kind of see it. Hopefully so, we're wise uh, enough that they won't be successful. Kelly, final words yours this time, sir. Well, it, it is. It's just amazing. And, and the young and the, the problem is the young people think the CD, you know, central bank digital currency will be great. You know, that's great. I just have a card and I don't have to deal with cash. And it's like, yeah, they can they don't understand that they'll just be tracked and, and not be able to buy things that they want to buy or limited amounts. And it's just sad. So it is educating the young people about this whole fiasco that's coming. Speaking our that, when, Brian, those, when those young people, when those young people though all of a sudden fall down on hard times, who, where do they run? And all of a sudden they're running to mom and dad. And say, hey, you've been. I've never had to deal with this or that or the other. Can't you help me? Can you give me? Can I? See, I mean, it, they, they've never had to learn any of this. You know, they're, they're, the parents we've just we've entitled them, I guess. Yeah, and it's funny. Um, usually, kids say, "Well, dad, isn't cash a lot easier to move around? Paper isn't that a lot easier to move around than your gold and silver, Sam?" Because man, I want my pockets full of that heavy stuff. And then I whip out a gold piece about as big as your fingernail and say, "Yeah, that's worth like two grand. I want you to put your dollar bills up to that, and we'll talk about it." And then they, they change their mind in a hurry. That's the <laughs> yeah, education that's right. Kelly's talking about, ladies and gentlemen. Brian Finnegan, or I'm sorry, Kelly Finnegan and Brian Russ with me, ladies and gentlemen. Honest Money Report on Liberty Roundtable Live. Thank you, gentlemen. You're Thanks, welcome. Sam. Have a great day. Thank you, sir. RussQuentingGift.com. I am Sam Bushman. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for June twenty-third in the year of our Lord two thousand and twenty-two. This is our one of two. I'm sorry, hour two of two. Wow, hour two of two. Hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. Promoting God, family, and country. 
protecting life, liberty, and property. If it's constitutional, we love it. If it's not, we hate it. Welcome to the broadcast. Pete Sepp with me, National Taxpayers Union, NTU.org. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Always great to be here. All right. The headline says, don't expect much from gimmick gas tax holiday. Pete Sepp, I want to dig into this just a little bit for a minute here. I don't understand the gimmick idea. If they were to take 18 cents off the general <clears throat> or the federal government level, and then every state has a lot more than uh, that, if you were to really give a true gas tax holiday and there was no tax on gas, it would literally drop the price of gas probably 60 cents a gallon for everybody. Uh, and how is that not money in your pocket? How is that a gimmick? Uh, and what I don't well, understand is. is if they wrote me a check for that 60 cents per how many ever average gallons of gas, they'd call it a stimulus. Uh, I'm <laughs> I'm for reducing taxes everywhere I can, Pete. Yes. It's not a gimmick in the sense that nobody would save money. Uh, they certainly would. And I think that a little tax relief is certainly better than no tax relief. If politicians want to say, we're going to give you gas tax-free for three months, okay, let them do it. I think where some would call this a gimmick is that, number one, it's temporary relief. Number two, uh, not all of it necessarily gets passed along to consumers over time. Uh, previous gas tax holidays have actually shown that the price goes up after the holiday is rescinded, more so than the actual cut in price resulting from the gas tax cut, which is very strange. You would just think, well, all right, if we uh, suspended the gas tax of 30-odd cents in our state, and uh, the day after the suspension stops, it goes up by the same amount. Well, okay, you can understand that, but it actually goes up by a bigger amount. This happened in my own state of Maryland. So in that sense, it's also a poor substitute for more forward-looking long-term policy that's going to increase the supplies available to us, that's going to cut regulations and taxes at all stages of production. In that sense, it's a gimmick only because it's not really forward-looking and focused on the long term. But I'd agree with you, Sam. If there's something governments can do to reduce the tax bite a little in the here and now, okay. They have to keep thinking, though, and being more aggressive and thinking further ahead than, say, three months. There's an excellent column, ladies and gentlemen, at NTU.org right now. Uh, and it's written by um, Jeremy Ash, okay, and it's called Biden gas tax holiday could worsen price surge. Now, he's right about that, and that's why I want to dig into the details because the point of government reducing costs for you and I is not a gimmick. It's good, and we need to do it. The temporary nature is of great concern. That's true. The fact that it goes up later more than it gave the discount is a serious concern and problem. Uh, and oftentimes, if the general government gives a discount, the states just simply either increase theirs or the guy at the pump, the gas station guy, says, okay, I can get a little bit more margin now. The problem isn't in the reduction of taxes. The problem is in the nature of the economics, the people up and down the line of how this might be delivered is the problem. I wanted to explain that because anybody in their right mind goes, gimmick, when I save money, come on now. 
but yet you got to understand it because in the long run, it is a gimmick. What we need to do is reduce costs across the board permanently for everyone. Pete? Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And there are policies available to lawmakers as well as the president and governors and state legislatures that can do precisely those long-term things we want to make the goods and services we need more affordable for tax-paying families in America. So you here's what about, we could do. Instead of the, the, the three months, uh, get rid of it, why don't we just change it from $0.18 cents to $0.10 cents permanently? You could easily do that. And I know that some would say, well, then you're messing with the so-called Highway Trust Fund, which provides money for roads. Well, Congress has been messing with that trust fund for decades by rating it for projects that have nothing to do with roads, by saying that, well, we're not going to even take a look at different kinds of taxation, user fees for folks who use the roads, and keep that money in a true trust fund. It's Congress that started messing with the trust fund long ago, long before there was any discussion of some gas tax holiday here. Well, now here's how I approach it. I agree with your point of temporary versus permanent. I would like to do permanent things as opposed to temporary things, number one. Yes. Number two, the way I look at it, uh, Pete, and this might be a weird way to look at it, but just follow me for a second and then your take on this. I would like us to look at the most unconstitutional taxes. Which ones are the most socialistic? Which ones are the most progressive? Which ones are the most um, whatever you want to call it to where let's get rid of those first. And to me, property tax is one of them and income tax is another. I'd much rather have a gas tax at the pump uh, than I would an income tax or a property tax. So why don't we just reduce income tax? Why don't we go back and put a lot of the uh, the Donald Trump stuff in the uh, permanent because that was temporary to a lot of it. Why don't we just back into this and say, let's get rid of the most egregious taxes, the ones that not only are, are unconstitutional and the smack of the Communist Manifesto, but also the ones that are hard for me to maintain, the cost of compliance, the fear factor behind them, the I go on and on, right? But, but to make the point, why mess with these simple ones when you could actually dig in and really make a difference? The IRS has, what, got 20 million plus tax returns from last year they can't even process? Shut those clowns down. Yes. Or decrease those clowns or simplify that system in some way that's meaningful. In my mind, that's where you start if you're really serious, not just playing politics, Pete. Yeah, let's do that exercise, Sam, when you think about it. Suppose the average tax rate, and, and this is about right, in the states are 30 cents per gallon on gasoline. Federal rate, 18.4 cents per gallon. So round it up and say that if everything went right, you could save 50 cents a gallon by a, a massive across-the-board nationwide gas tax holiday. Suppose you have 20 gallons of gas a week that uh, you put in your tank of two cars, so 40 gallons a week. Uh, you could save about $20 a week on your gas bill with a total suspension of all gas taxes. Imagine you make $1,000 a week in your paycheck. How many folks know how much money they are having withheld for Social Security taxes? Well, that's $76.50. How much are you having withheld for federal income tax? Likely at least $100 out of your paycheck. 
Compare that to what you would save from the gas tax suspension. And that's why you're so right about this, Sam. Imagine if we focused on the income tax and the property tax instead. You could gain much bigger savings by aggressively concentrating on those systems than you ever could with gas tax holidays. Well, and some call it a fun tax. Some call it an entertainment tax. Uh, There's different terms in different cities. Um, but I don't know if people understand this. If they go out to eat at a restaurant, they pay more money in tax for that food than they do if they go buy food at the grocery store. Or if you go to a hotel, you have a massive entertainment tax or a, I don't know, fun tax. There's different terms for it. But why don't we get rid of those? Because we used to say that was fun in the old days, in the 50s, when people didn't leave their homes very much. But nowadays, going out to eat is as common as eating at home. It's not an entertainment luxury tax anymore. It's a day-to-day reality due to the gig economy and such. Why don't we go ahead and do that? Now you can actually afford a meal. And now the server doesn't have to be let go or the server can actually make a living. And I mean, there's so many ways to go about this that would be fundamental change that could improve things for all of us permanently. Pete? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely the case. And uh, as, as we may be able to discuss uh, here for a few minutes, uh, there are plans in Congress to finally cut back on the massive rise in expenditures that has occurred, not only due to the pandemic, but for many decades prior to that. And if we start by reducing government's budgets or at least slowing the growth, for heaven's sake, we will not only have the fiscal room to do things like tax reform without adding to the deficit, we're also going to see that kind of economic growth you were just discussing. Reduce the overhead of businesses, employers, workers in the gig economy. They're going to be more productive. A more productive economy actually helps government treasuries because when the economy is growing and people are making money they're going to be paying more in sales taxes and everything else it makes sense to design a tax system that encourages an economy to grow ladies and gentlemen to make this point even more poignant we could kill two birds with one stone to borrow the colloquialism look we could do multiple things at once not only could we reform uh, and simplify our tax codes, not only could we jettison the Communist Manifesto-style taxes, not only could we make things permanent, but as Pete Sepp wisely points out, we could work on getting the budget on the right track. In fact, Damian Brady at NTU.org writes a column talking about Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul's efforts to do that very thing. We'll talk about that in seconds with Pete Sepp. We are for real, permanent solutions on Liberty Roundtable Live. Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements, too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo Calendar. 
Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. Liberty Roundtable Live, Pete Sepp. President of National Taxpayers Union Riding Shotgun today, NTU.org, and yours truly on your radio. We're talking about this gas tax gimmick, ladies and gentlemen. It's not a gimmick because it would really save people a little bit of money and a little bit better than nothing. But the truth is, on the whole of it, they're just playing games and trying to make you feel good. Think about it. 18.4 cents on the general or the federal level is all it is. But what about a third of that? It could change the whole world if it was permanent and done right. Just ask Senator Rand Paul. Let's talk about leadership for a second here, Pete. Yeah, this is leadership. And for those who say, well, we can't get out of this hole that we've dug ourselves with federal spending, we need to remember that even though deficit spending has been the norm at the federal level in this country, for the better part of 55 years now, uh, a long, long time. The worst of it has actually happened since the year 2000 under Democratic presidents, Republican presidents, Democratic Congresses, Republican Congresses. It has really accelerated to an incredible pace. That's bad news, but it's also good news in the sense that well, we can slow this trend because the worst of it has only been happening recently. Uh, we've spent a total of $95 trillion at the federal level since the year 2000, and uh, that's about half of all the money that has been spent by the federal government since 1970. So it's a steep upward curve, but you can also arrest that trend more easily when you just give a little additional thought to it. Rand Paul has done that. He has had what's called the penny plan since the year 2017. And what that effectively does is say, okay, the federal government is going on a gradual reducing diet. Federal spending will be reduced by one cent on every dollar each year for a period of five to seven years. If you do that, the savings accumulate to the point where the federal budget begins to come into balance. We're no longer adding to the national debt. We're actually going to be in a position to pay it off. Well, 
because of the spending run-up that has occurred during the pandemic and even prior to the pandemic, uh, the plan has to get a little more ambitious to meet those targets. In other words, Rand Paul used to have the penny plan, ladies and gentlemen, and now it's going to take six cents to do virtually the same thing he planned to do with a penny, but we ignored him, right? Yes, that's right. And, you know, Damian Brady on our staff had the privilege to be on a a live panel with Senator Rand Paul uh, just about two weeks ago where they discussed in depth, the both of them, what we need to do to get back to fiscal sanity. Now, six cents is a lot more than a penny uh, when you measure it relative to each other. But the fact is, if we start from the assumption by saying we have spent a whole lot to try and counteract the economic effects of the pandemic, we were spending a whole lot more prior to then, again, even under President Trump before the pandemic, and George W. Bush, as well as Barack Obama and all of their predece- all their colleagues in Congress. Okay, let's say that. But the fact would remain, can't we start in year one of Rand Paul's new plan by saying, yeah, Washington can get by on 94 cents of the dollar, each dollar it was planning to spend. Can any family do that? I think most families could say, hey, we're in serious trouble, like a financial crash, bankruptcy, if we don't learn how to spend 94 cents of every dollar we get in instead of 100 cents and then some. And by the way, we could cut that in our foreign aid. We could cut that in programs like Build Bridges to Nowhere. We wouldn't even feel a thing, Pete. Yeah. And again, is this easy peasy? Well, no, obviously it it would it would have been done by now if it was a super easy, simple thing. But to your point, Sam, that doesn't mean we should be paralyzed in fear of this and not do anything, because there are plenty of ways that we could get to 94 cents of spending instead of a dollar of spending uh, for each program in the federal government. It is not impossible, and we just have to be able to recognize that the alternative to doing this is far, far worse. Now that interest rates are going up, the interest payments on the national debt are suddenly soaring to trillion-dollar levels after decades when people were saying, oh, that's never going to happen. It's happening now. And so not only is it happening now – not only is it happening now, if we don't get a grip, though, eventually it will eclipse everything else and we won't be able to pay it, though. And that's the reality. Right. And they say that that right. isn't true. They say that'll never happen. <laughs> What's going to happen when we say that's happening now, Pete? Right. And folks need to ask themselves uh, in Washington, okay, do you want to live on 94 cents instead of a dollar now? Or do you want to be forced to live on 50 cents on the dollar. What are all these precious federal programs going to look like when interest gobbles them up? As you say, uh, there will be cuts forced on these programs far greater than six cents on the dollar. All right, let me make sure I have this quote right. The federal U.S. government has spent $95 trillion since the year 2000 alone. Is that right? That's correct. 
That's correct. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. We have got to get a handle on this spending. We have got to back the general government down. We've got to back the states down. We can do it now on our watch, or we are handing our children absolute disaster. And I don't mean to be the sky is falling guy, but I do mean to point out reality. A reality check now can sure make things nicer down the road. And I don't think it would be very painful if we're wise and conscientious about it. If we don't play politics, if we just come to the table as Americans and say, what can we really do? We can back off on the military industrial complex spending. We can back off on the foreign aid spending. We can get rid of um, uh, waste and and misuse. There's even organizations along with NTU that put together um, waste lists. this would be very easy if we really set aside the politics. This wouldn't even be a hard discussion or debate if you're honest, Pete. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And, you know, there are many states in uh, this country that have gone through similarly sized to the proportion of their economies and their budgets crises in the past. You look at Wisconsin, you look at Florida, you look at Texas. Many states in this country have faced crises of similar proportions in their own budgets over the past 30, 40 years, some even more recently than that. And they did just what you said, Sam. They said, okay, we all are from different parties, but we've got a major problem here. We cannot borrow money endlessly. We've got credit ratings to worry about. We've got pension funds to worry about and genuine human needs programs that are going to be cut to the bone if we don't do something consciously. They sat down, they agreed on where the budget needed to be trimmed, how to slow expenditures going forward, how to make sure they had good, resilient tax systems that delivered stable revenues and helped their economies to grow, and they got out of the messes that they were in. The federal government has a bigger task ahead than that, but they can still do it. So here's the question. We've proven that it can be done, that it has been done. We've shown the way with proper leadership through Rand Paul and others that it can be done. When I say others, I'm talking about people at NTU.org and other places like that who have put together case studies and, and et cetera, et cetera. Great think tanks, if you will. We know that it can happen. Here's the gut check. Will they? Will they come to the table, or will we just crash and melt down in two or three generations? I'll probably be dead uh, by the time that happens. But uh, will we get a handle on this? Will we at some point have a gut check, set aside our political pandering and differences and game-playing and gimmicks and everything else? And will we really do it, Pete? I think we have to. And I think we are going to continue to get warning signs, not only from foreign investors who might be reluctant to buy up our bonds in the future, uh, but also uh, businesses who are not going to take the risks on investing in the United States anymore, and they're going to send money overseas, or business startups. Those keep dropping, and we see, wow, nobody wants to even be an entrepreneur in this country anymore. All of those things are going to happen in our lifetimes. And so we need to get to work now so that we solve the problem in our lifetime instead of passing it along to our kids. God bless you, Pete Sepp. We know you got to fly. We know you're extremely busy. We thank you for your time. Ladies and gentlemen, NTU.org, one of the greatest think tanks, Rand Paul, and these guys are all providing incredible leadership and solutions. Let's come to the table, shall we? 
Daily, Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. The search continues for a gunman who shot two people, one fatally, on a packed commuter train in San Francisco, California, Wednesday morning. Karine Jean-Pierre at the White House lecture on Wednesday explaining President Biden's proposed gas tax holiday. The thing about this is he took actions, as I mentioned, and when with, with the gas tax, uh, holiday gas tax, the way that he sees it is it's a direct, straightforward way uh, to deal with uh, to deal with something that the American public is uh, is really uh, not feeling in relief right now at the pump. President Biden says because of higher taxes, the country can afford the 18 cents a gallon savings. With the tax revenues up this year and our deficit down over one point six trillion dollars this year alone, we'll still be able to fix our highways and bring down prices of gas. USA Radio News. Paid for by GovMint.com. Have you heard? The United States Mint has issued the Morgan Silver Dollar for the first time in 100 years. Not only that, but they are also minted in 99.9% pure silver for the first time ever in history. Coin experts are calling this an amazing opportunity for anyone that knows the enduring popularity of Morgans. But you must hurry. Only 175,000 legal tender silver dollars were issued. These Morgan Silver Dollars are brand new, bright and shiny legal tender coins minted by the iconic Philadelphia Mint. Just call one. 1-800-888-7630 and you're guaranteed a new 99.9% pure silver Morgan dollar. The first time in history this has happened, but with limited quantities you must call now to order. To learn more, call 1-800-888-7630. If you order now, you will receive a free collector bonus, a $25 value free with every order. Call 1-800-888-7630 now to secure your new Morgan silver dollars before they are gone. That's 1-800-888-7630. In the Stanley Cup Finals last night, the Colorado Avalanche beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in overtime 3-2. Game 5 is Friday evening. The National Football League is being investigated for toxic workspaces. The Democratic-led House Oversight Committee held a hearing on Wednesday titled Tackling Toxic Workspaces. They are looking into the NFL and how they handled alleged workplace misconduct and sexual harassment at the Washington Commander's offices. Republican ranking member from Kentucky, James Comer, believes they should be investigating government organizations and not the private sector. I would ask why Congress must tackle the NFL football team's workplace and not a White House office or our own members. He says the committee is being politicized and adds the alleged perpetrators have already faced consequences. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg. USA Radio News. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. Ladies and gentlemen, we're taking on fake news every day. Six days a week, two hours a day, we tell the tale of liberty. We highlight our history. We celebrate our godly and our American heritage on this broadcast. Pete Sepp, National Taxpayers Union, always doing a phenomenal job. If you want somebody to help you in your local area, start a tax um, accountability group, a tax reduction organization, whatever you want to call it. Pete Sepp and the National Taxpayers Union will help you. Okay? They actually have funding and they have all kinds of blueprints and guidance, think tank documents and materials that can help you 
They've got case studies of others doing it before you. Uh, really, they can provide just tremendous support, financial and otherwise. NTU.org. It's one of my favorite organizations for solutions in America. Look, I've been interviewing Pete Sepp uh, for a long time, 25 years almost. When I started interviewing him, he was the uh, kind of the media guy. Uh, and he wasn't the president at all of NTU, but he, but he patiently worked at it and steadily d- has done such a phenomenal job. Now he's the president of NTU, and uh, he still sticks with us. Again, I look for real people and real solutions. And you know what? He could very easily go, hey, man, I'm the president. I'm just going to assign some lowly intern to Sam for the interviews, you know. But he doesn't. He delivers stellar information month after month after month, and he's done so for almost 25 years. The guy's incredible, and the organization is just top-notch. I'm telling you right now. Look, the people we bring to the roundtable are just incredible. Honest Money with Brian Russ last hour. Uh, RustCoinandGift.com, and then Pete Sepp, NTU, this hour. Look, we've got some of the most star-studded guests on the planet, but they're humble. They're real people. They're like you and me. They'll actually take your phone call kind of guys, okay? That's the people we like to hang out with. Look, this Biden gas tax holiday could worsen price surge, ladies and gentlemen. That's the concern. I understand at first it looks like a gimmick. You go, oh, and then you go, well, it's not a gimmick if I get money in my pocket. No, the gimmick isn't putting money in your pocket. The gimmick is how they play politics with it. It wouldn't make much difference. There's so many other things that could make a bigger difference. This temporary versus permanent discussion is vital. So understand that. Rand Paul literally saying if we cut six cents to our spending, we could put the budget on the right track. And NTU.org's Damian Brady highlights this reality check. See, now we're bringing in Senator Rand Paul. We're bringing in Mike Lee. We're bringing in solutions. We're bringing in NTU. Look, the federal U.S. government has spent $95 trillion since the year 2000. Now, let me kind of put $95 trillion in perspective for you for a second. I'm not very smart, but let me just try to do this on the fly, okay? Nine, five. How many zeros do I got to have for a trillion there? $950 billion. Nine trillion five hundred billion. No, that's not enough, is it? No, you got to have more zeros there. Ninety-five trillion dollars. I got it in there. I hope my calculator doesn't overflow, ladies and gentlemen. Now divide that by what do we got? Three hundred and thirty million people, right? Three hundred thirty million people. No, that's three hundred thirty thousand. That's three million. Okay. That's 33 million. That's 330 million. Got it. All right. Ready? $287,000 a person. $287,000 for every man, woman, child, illegal alien in the country. Do you, do you read me? Over, Roger. How, what the heck is going on? 287000 for every man, woman, child, illegal in the country. Since 2000. Uh, It's only been 20 years, 22 years, folks. We'll never, ever, ever, ever pay it back. You buy a house and you got a 30-year loan for a whole family and you can't hardly pay it back. Right? If you can afford to borrow that much money in the first place, right? 287,000. Cameron, can you do that calculation and see if I'm right on this? Because I could have missed a zero. 
95 trillion divided by 330 million. What do you get? This is just crazy town, ladies and gentlemen. Right? 95 trillion. Okay? The number's just massive. Right? $287,000 for every man, woman, child, and illegal. There's no way we'll ever pay it back. And you say, well, Sam, some people have died since 2000. Yeah, some people have been born since 2002. And here's the problem. More people are dying than being born nowadays. Yeah, so it's getting worse. The only way we're even doing it is bringing in illegals that aren't paying taxes, see? (laughs) Exacerbating the problem like nobody's business, right? Folks, we got a problem, a serious problem. And Rand Paul and others are providing appropriate leadership saying, look, we need to save six cents now on every dollar. If we do, we can literally get a handle on this thing. We can back ourselves away from the crisis. At the least, we can buy a lot more years. But if we do it right, we can turn this thing around. But nobody's listening to Rand Paul. You know what Congress is doing? They're just going, la, 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 can't hear you. <laughs> la, 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 what? La, 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 la. And no one's taking this seriously. But yet they're taking, forcing me to take a vaccine seriously, forcing me to lock myself in my house seriously, saying to you that I'm a domestic terrorist because I believe there's vote fraud kind of stuff. What'd you come up with, Cam? All right. You got $95 trillion divided by $330 million because we've spent $95 trillion since the year 2000. And, and that's just at the federal government level. And then we've got 330 million people in America, right? So you divide that, and you say, how much money would it be per person? If you take the $95 trillion divided by the $330 million, then what, how much per person is it? I get $287. i have done it twice. $287,000 plus. Dollars. And I just want to make sure that I haven't missed a zero or something like that. Those, you know, these calculations, it's very easy to get out in the weeds and miss a zero and such. But I feel like if I do it twice and Cameron, who's smarter than I do, do it once, then we'll probably be in pretty good shape. Pretty... No, $330 million. Yeah. All right. So 289000 is what you get? I don't understand. This is math. How does that work? How can it be off? Try it again. Are you using a calculator? Use the, use the calculator again. See, uh, anyway, I just don't understand. But look, folks, anyway, you look at it, it's well over 250000 for every man, woman, child, illegal in the country. The federal U.S. government has spent us into oblivion, folks. It is absolutely crazy town, right? Absolute crazy town. And I don't really know how to feel about it because I feel powerless to stop it. I feel powerless to to move the needle on it and do anything to improve it. And I've got children and grandchildren, folks, and I'd love to make it better. Right? I really would love to make it better. But I don't know how to leave my children a better place. Right? The only way I know that we can solve it is to elect people who will take this seriously. Right? 
the only way I know, folks, is to get good, honest patriots to serve this country. Right? It's the only way that I know. Do you? Do you know any way to solve it besides electing good, honest people that will take this seriously? Look, Rand Paul's taking it seriously. He was elected, right? That's the deal. Rand Paul was elected, and he's taking it seriously. In fact, he wrote the plan. So it stands to reason for kind of ignoramuses like me to say, well, if we elect more guys that will support that plan, then we can make that difference, right? That's the deal. We just need to elect good people that will take this seriously. Yeah. All right, so how many people did you put in for your division then? So he's doing it, and he says the actual population, it's it's $285,000 for every man, woman, child, illegal in America, right? What's the number of Americans you used? All right, so he used 332 million. I used 330 million because it's hard to say when you've got so many illegals. They say there's 12 million to 20 to 30 million illegals in America, too. So some of those aren't paying taxes. And so, any way you look at it, folks, it's close to three, uh, it's more than 250 for sure, but it's close to $300,000 for every man, woman, and child in America. It's insane. We'll never pay it back. Hang tight. Liberty Roundtable Live. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast. And that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way. But actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. 
Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Ladies and gentlemen, the average family in America is considered four people. Mom, dad, two kids is kind of the average, you know, in America. And I look at that and I say, man, it's $285,000 for every man, woman, and child. And so why do I say I got such a small family? Because most of my kids are grown. I've only got really two young children at home now. I have eight children, but only two of them are still at home. Six are already grown up and adults and everything else. Uh, But here's the deal. So it was Sam and his wife and then his two children. That's four people. And you got to do 285,000 or 287,000, whatever number you want, times four. Well, I'm kind of an ignoramus, so I just do 250,000 times four, and it's over a million dollars, right? Literally like 1,100,000, whatever, maybe between between 1.1 and 1.2 million dollars that my family would have to pay back on top of all of our bills, on our house bill, our increased tax bill, the inflation, all the things. There's no way I'll ever pay it back, even if you put me on a 30-year plan. In a 30-year plan, ladies and gentlemen, I'll be turning 85 years old then, way into my retirement years, if I'm even still alive for that matter, right? So, folks, this is real. And there are people trying to do something about it, like NTU, Rand Paul, many others. And I commend them for their work, and I want to highlight their solutions because they're real. And because we could take action. And even though I may not be able to solve it all in my lifetime, I, if if I could, could put my children on the trajectory for solution. That would be our hope at this point. But if we continue to bury our head in in the sand, it's going to get rowdy. When people start not having the necessities of life, they don't have air conditioning, they don't have heat in their homes, they don't have food, they can't drive their car, their entertainment's gone, it ain't going to be pretty. Well, you've seen violence the last couple of summers in America, ladies and gentlemen, and none of us have been comfortable with it. But you can expect it to get a bunch worse, not only from the economic reality we're about to face, things are going to get worse, not better, because we're not making the right moves. We're not creating accountability. We're just burying our head in the sand. Joe's just being stupid, going, oh, golly, it's, it's Vladimir that caused the gas crisis, not me. But yet, hey, we could create our own energy, but he's blocking energy production at every turn, right? And then the Republicans say, elect us, would fix it. No, they won't. We've had the energy department for the last 50 years under the Republicans, and it hasn't done any good. Gas prices have just gone up and up and up and up, and the big lie about oil shortages and gas shortages, um, it's nothing but a lie. Well, I digress except for this point about violence. I've told you that a civil war is probably coming. I pray that it doesn't. My callforcivility.com website, callforcivility.com, and my efforts uh, warning about this, I hope to avert this. But you've got to embrace Rand Paul's sixth sense plan you've got to embrace national taxpayers union and other great think tank people who are making a difference and whether you have violence because of divisions in america like like i've highlighted or a civil war because of the divisions or whether you have it because of the economy i don't know but every threat is pointing to it i got an email from the american family association and it says dear sam I wish my headline to you was an exaggeration, but I'm sorry to say it isn't. When the Supreme Court releases Dobbs v. Jackson, women's health organization, ruling within the next 10 days, according to the May 2nd leak of the draft opinion, Roe v. Wade will be overturned, may be reversed. Now, here's the deal. 
it is expected, ladies and gentlemen, that the high court ruling will be followed by violence unleashed across the nation by those who support abortion. The threat, ladies and gentlemen, is so credible that the U.S. Department of of Homeland Security has already issued, listen to me, a terrorism threat advisory bulletin for the release of the Dobbs ruling and the days following. Think about that. The advisory warns of widespread violence by abortion rights extremists against pro-life organizations, pregnancy centers, churches, and businesses. Not to mention against you or me, what they call individual pro-life advocates. These attacks, ladies and gentlemen, they say could include arsons, bombings, property destruction, and physical violence against persons, their homes, and their place of businesses. Churches can expect, quote, hostile disruptions of services by rabid protesters entering the billing, entering their buildings, yelling obscenities, and carrying out their disruptions. We just saw in the news to make the point a bunch of women went into a church while the pastor was uh, preaching. They literally stripped down to their underwear, yelling and screaming. They're demons, yelling and screaming about pro-life and pro-death and you know, here's what you're going to get if you support the um, rejection of abortion. Already the Washington stand has recorded at least 41 separate instances of attack, which does not even include the recent incident in which a man was arrested outside the home of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh and now charged with attempting to murder the Supreme Court Justice. The people who commit these crimes obviously have no respect for the rule of law, ladies and gentlemen. It is even more evident that they are ready to use violence against those who do not embrace their pro-death ideology. we got to take action now, ladies and gentlemen. The threat is real. In your state, there are those who are in wait, waiting in the shadows, ready to unleash, let loose their indignation through violent and aggression, violent acts and aggression. Today, will you do your part to encourage your state leaders to be prepared? Email your governor now and urge the effort to make plans to deal with this violence. Okay, you got to have the National Guard. What we really need in America today, listen to me carefully. I know people think that, I'm a, think that I'm afraid to say it, but I'm not. They say to email your call, your attorney state general. Ask them to be prepared to fully prosecute anyone who commits crimes against other persons, properties, businesses, etc., etc. Tim Wildman, American Family Association with this piece. Now, I'm not scared to say this. I'm going to blatantly, directly say it. You know what we need in America, folks? We need the militia. And I know my enemies are going to absolutely try to slice and dice me for this, but I don't care. We need the militia. Go read your Second Amendment. 
a well-regulated militia being necessary for a free state. You've got to have Americans that can stop these raging, roving, out-of-control criminals. The sheriff's department can't do it. The cops can't do it. The government can't do it. They don't have the resources. They don't have the manpower. They don't have the will. They can't even stop a shooting in Texas that goes on. Even with a heads up, they sit there for an hour and a half twiddling their thumbs, and now there's nothing but confusion. We don't know who did what. We don't know what happened. All we know is that they didn't stop the shooter when they could have. Government ain't going to do it for you. My buddy David A. Clark Jr., well-known former sheriff of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, highlighted this when he was in office. He said, hey, you know what? We've got to partner together with the sheriff's department. We can't be everywhere at a moment's notice. It only takes a few seconds for a thug to use a gun to, to, to harm you. You've got to defend yourselves. We've got to partner on this. So what we need to do is get the militias well-regulated, trained, ready to go. You can say, Sam, whoa, you've just crossed a line. No, I haven't. Don't lie to me now. I'm not Judge Judy. I'm highlighting a fundamental founding father-esque reality check in modern day. That's what I'm doing. I'm not calling for any violence at all. I'm calling for a defense against these clowns, these absolute demons who hate you and hate life, and they want to kill your babies, and then they want to kill you if you defend your babies. These people are crazy. While Biden's talking about a gas tax, while the federal U.S. government has spent $95 trillion since the year 2000, spending us into oblivion, while they're absolutely derelict in their duty, while they're absolutely on the train tracks, like deer in the headlights, we've got serious problems. It is expected that the high court ruling will be followed by violence unleashed across the nation by those who support abortion. The threat, ladies and gentlemen, is so credible that the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, which I don't even support that unconstitutional organization, but they have already issued a terrorism threat advisory bulletin for the release of the ruling in the days following the release. The advisory warns of widespread violence by abortion rights extremists against pro-life organizations and all kinds of things. The people who commit these crimes obviously have no respect for the rule of law. Well, when you have that kind of a threat in America, ladies and gentlemen, the only thing that can solve it, not a standing army, that's unconstitutional now, Follow your supreme law of the land, baby, will you please? All right? The only way to solve this is for the American people to say we're the last line of defense, by golly. The Second Amendment codifying our God-given inalienable rights of self-defense is on tap. And we, the people, need to put together militias to say, hey, we're not taking on government. We're going to support the proper role of limited constitutional government, and we are going to use the checks and balances to sacredly preserve life liberty and property we're going to turn to god family and country for solutions baby and we're going to get it done in a meaningful constitutional moral way we're not going to get crazy we're not going to get violent we're not going to get, but we are absolutely going to repel the lawless violent pro-death folks the people who commit these crimes obviously have no respect for the rule of law well we do and so there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. For those of you who think I'm afraid to deal with the militia topic, I don't know how to be more bold. I don't know how to be more clear. I don't know how to be more direct than that. Could I be more direct if I tried? I don't think so. The militia 
reality existed before the United States government, before the Constitution, even before the Declaration of Independence, we had the right to self-defense. The Declaration of Independence highlighted that right and the justification for the need for it from time to time. And now the supreme law of the land, the Constitution, uh, and laws across the country in every state of the Union have codified the value of the necessity of militias being necessary for a free state. This isn't maybe, it might be a good idea. We can debate it necessary is the term used by the supreme law of our land and the Bill of Rights. Necessary. What does necessary mean to you? I call it vital, essential. Those are the words that I would use to kind of highlight necessity or necessary in this case. Okay, could I be more bold? How can I be more direct? You think I'm afraid to take on the topic? I don't think so. Now, saying the militias need to take on the government? No, I'm not. In fact, the proper role of government includes militias. Did you know that? Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, where we tell the truth. We're not afraid of nothing. We're not afraid of somebody shutting us down because they they own us or control us. No, we built our own apparatuses to tell the tale of liberty. We answer to nobody except for God Almighty, and we tell the truth straight out, hard-hitting, direct. We mean to be kind and civil, but ladies and gentlemen, when we're begging for mercy from the pro-death demons, it's time now to stand up and get a backbone, people. I'm telling you right now, don't let these clowns go crazy in your town, your city, your county, your state. Don't let it happen. Stop them. Defend all that we hold dear. And let's try to do it peacefully, shall we? We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. <laughs>